Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller talking sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of your morning here with with us. Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. From The Athletic, Max Olson covers the Big 12. Uh, He will join us in about 25 minutes. We'll go around the Big 12 Paying particular attention to the game in Stillwater, Oklahoma State, a slight favorite over Iowa State. A lot of uh, national media making their picks, a heavy lean towards Iowa State so far, anyways. The one, uh, I guess, that's going the other way that I did see from the athletic Bruce Feldman is picking the Cowboys. But to counter that, Stuart Mandel is all over the, cl- uh, the clones, and we will uh, talk to Max Olson coming up at uh, 10.25. Uh, Lee Sterling's here, ParamountSports.com. Ten minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock. He's hot as you know what. Yes. He's on fire. I think Undefeated he's, last week in the Pixie game. I was going to say, he us, swept yeah. the board, right? Yeah. Uh, and he, even on the uh, to his customers, too, he's had another winning week and a big winning week last uh, week. So Lee Sterling, we'll see if he can keep it going. He'll give us uh, his thoughts on five different games uh, coming up to uh, this morning at about 10 minutes before the hour of 11. 20 minutes after 11 or thereabouts, Mark Morehouse will join us for the final time as Mark Morehouse is calling it a career at the Cedar Rapids Gazette. The longtime beat writer covered the Hawks football program for a long long time he is retiring is the, will he make it to game week i don't believe he is going to make the game he had an so. article this week and maybe has one more that's coming out but by the time that they make their way to west lafayette it'll be halas and jeff johnson who uh-huh. i've got to know throughout the years good man because he's a twins fan oh is and, he? Uh, yeah so he'll be taking over the beat in the is, interim is that official i don't know if it's for the long term or if it's yeah. just he's filling the chair while, of course, if they look for somebody else or what direction they're going. But yeah, maybe Mark will have some insight there, but it'll be Jeff that'll be on the beat. Him and Halas over at the Gazette, those guys always do a good job. And Mike Halas, always a different kind of character. He's a different cat, right? Yes, he is. He's a different bird. He's got a different sense of humor. Yep. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that in despairing your way no, whatsoever. No. I like Mike. I, 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 do too. I enjoy Mike and looks at things in a different direction. That's what he you does. need as a columnist. Yes, he does. Uh, and you can't talk Hawks and uh, not talk clones, so we will with John Walters. Now that we need our arm twisted, as there is a huge, huge football game in Stillwater, Iowa State. Uh, conversation with John Walters to finish things off. We've got Monday, not Monday night, we've got Thursday night football tonight. College football is back in action as the World Series takes a night off. And let's start there because all of a sudden uh, we have a series that is 1-1 that seemingly... I think most people thought, boy, if they have a chance, and speaking of Tampa, mm-hmm. uh, they had to win last night. And they played with a sense of urgency, and Blake Snell was more than good enough uh, to get the win and propel his team uh, to victory. And uh, all of a sudden here, Trent, maybe an extended series into next week, get us through the weekend. And uh, the only way we wouldn't, if it's one of these two teams wins the next three, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I don't see that. I don't either. I think we're going to be talking plenty of baseball again next week. And just a really entertaining baseball game. A little bit of everything, mm-hmm. some goofiness. Snell was incredibly effective, had the yep. no-hitter. But even with that, 
didn't feel like he was his sharpest self. But then he struck out nine, but he walked a lot of guys. He did. He yeah. walked a lot of guys, but did have nine Ks uh, in the baseball game before they turned it over uh, to the bullpen. Uh, yeah, you're right. There was a little bit of everything in the baseball game last night, Trent, and it was uh, fun to watch. Uh, Lau was terrific. You know mm-hmm. who's really impressed me watching this playoff run for Tampa Bay? Zanino, the catcher. Yeah. Boy, he blocks a lot of balls. Mm-hmm. He saves a lot. Uh, defensively for his pitching staff because, you know, they're bouncing him into the ground. And I, I mean, there might have been one that's got past him, but boy, oh boy, he has, uh, he's really helped his staff out. Uh, does a great job defensively. Struggling with the, you know, the bat in his hand. Can't have everything. Uh, those catchers that can do everything, they find their way to Cooperstown more likely than not, but he was terrific, uh, again last night in the game. So we've got a series. Um, what did you see out of the Dodgers? Anything that would concern a Dodger fan from last night or just, you know what? They got beat. Yeah, they got beat. Seeger was good again. Mookie Betts was not, but that MVP vote I'm still hoping for on that side of things. Nick Anderson gets the win in relief. The first Minnesotan to get a win in the World Series yeah, since 1991, it, Jack Morris. And he lives in Brainerd. Is that what I heard? Is that what it is? I think they said on the telecast, yeah. Trent, that he uh, spends his off season in Brainerd, Minnesota, of all places. Right up by the border. Gonna guess he's doing some fishing up there. He absolutely is. You ever ice fished? No. You know what? It's um it's relaxing. You, you just gotta dip. have a hut. Yeah, yeah. You and you gotta have gonna a stove. It. Yeah. Uh, I mean you don't have to. It makes it <laughs> it's a whole lot better if you do. Um but it's okay. You know, just to spend a lazy afternoon, just put a log on the fire in the stove on the on the ice and the holes in there and you just open up the latch and Jig for walleye and yeah, I did that a number of times. Yeah, in the winter time in my youth, um, it was fun. You know, I'm not much of a fisherman, as you know. Yeah, just never. My dad loved fishing, loves fishing, just never got into it. Oh, maybe you're not uh, taking the extra. You have to have a puff. <laughs> I mean, you really do. <laughs> okay, I mean, it's, been, it's been a while. It's been especially it's, if you're ice fishing. Yeah. You know, that you don't helps. have to drive the boat or anything like that. Yeah. Right? Just, you just zone out anyways. Oh, to be young again. <laughs> uh, but the game itself was fun. It's 1-1 and off we go. So Thursday night, Trent, this is crazy to think. Uh, these two teams that are playing tonight mm-hmm. have a combined two wins. There's playoff implications on the line. <laughs> there is. I mean, think about that. So yesterday, uh, we were recording our TV show. It's called Inside the Numbers. If you checking out Mediacom MC22, you can find it there, what, three, four times throughout uh-huh. the weekend. Yeah. Uh, they put our show up and MC22. And I brought up the NFC East odds. So the Cowboys are still the even money favorite. I don't get it. The Eagles are three to two. Yeah. And the Giants are nine to one. I think you got to take a chance at them just at for nine the price to one. alone, right? Trent, I like the Giants tonight. Yeah, I do Don't too. Don't you? Oh yeah, they're, they're getting four and a half, yes. and even on the money line, they're two to one on the money line tonight. Uh-huh. The Eagles are so banged up. Healthy roster, yes, they're better. Of course, mm-hmm. without Saquon out there, they're a better team. But four and a half feels a like a points. ton. Yeah, for an Eagles team that's going to be starting Boston Scott. We might see a little bit of Hakeem Butler, who's probably going to be oh, I active wonder if tonight. He's finally active, right? How long has he been there? Three weeks now. About? Sounds about right. Yeah. With all the injuries that they've had at the wide receiver position, but the Eagles just up and down that roster have had so many injuries. They're not good. No. And are people just falling in love with the late game comeback against the Ravens? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, maybe. I guess. I mean, Carson Wentz. I guess still some people believe that he is. Uh, going to be a franchise quarterback in the league. Look, he's a nice player. Don't get me wrong. And and to your point, 
Uh, he's going into this extremely shorthanded, doesn't have a lot of help. And Ertz is out now, too, correct? He yes. Pretty yeah, is, yeah. Right? I'm pretty sure he is. So um, look at it's the NFC East. It's overall, I think, top to bottom. is. Uh, I love that division, although this year it absolutely stinks, as we know. But it's, um, you know, two um, helmets that we've seen a whole lot of over the years. And for nothing else, I will, because t- I won't watch a minute of the debate. I know some people will, and right. I understand why you will. I will not turn that on for, um, can't vote, really doesn't move my needle one bit, but the football game tonight does. And Troy Aikman will be there, and Joe Buck will be continuing his marathon week. He finally gets a day off tomorrow, Tomorrow, right? yeah. And then he'll be, what, just probably traveling throughout the day? Does and, he get a private jet? Oh, no, sure. We, we hear about yeah. Herb Street. No, these guys aren't flying commercial. You wouldn't think no. so, no. Well, doesn't uh, doesn't Aaron Andrews have a, uh, it looks like she has a trade deal with NetJets. Oh, really? Because she's all, well, I haven't seen it this year, but in the past she's, you know, outside the plane and mm-hmm. uh, NetJets and, you know, a little, and they should. Yeah. And they should, especially for Joe Buck, as much travel as this cat's doing. Mm-hmm. Good gosh. And so he'll get a night off Monday night. Uh, before the series resumes and potentially ends Tuesday, Wednesday, and back to a football game Thursday, He's, they're they're getting their money out of them. Yes, they and, are. And um, again, I don't get the the hatred out there to each their own. I understand that part of it, but if it's a big game and if Joe Buck's there, well, put it this way: if Joe Buck's there, it's a pretty good chance it's a big game. Kind of an interesting week in the NFL as a whole. We haven't really dove yeah, real deep into it. There are some good games, though, Trent. I uh, Scott Reister gave me the heads up yesterday as mm-hmm. I've been tweeting out the local games that we get, what they got this week, and they got the right games this week. Steelers-Titans, two undefeated teams yeah. early, and then you get the Chiefs late. KCCI, they're in really good shape over there but with they, their double dip. See, I looked at my DirecTV. I went forward mm-hmm. to Sunday for, for the, the program guide, and they were already listed on Tuesday. And 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 Reister made it sound like they just finalized it yesterday because I saw the tweet and then you asked him a question. Do you get any input on this? Did he dis, did he get he didn't back say, to you? No, he didn't get back to me. And that's so he's ducking you. Well, maybe, maybe no. I, I don't think so. I don't think that's the case with Scott. But you know, we we knew Andy Garman really well yeah. in the past, who was the sports director before Scott, and he had some input. He didn't have carte blanche. I mean, he couldn't right. do exactly what he wanted every week because anytime they'd have a Bears game, he'd always put the Bears game on mm-hmm. as Andy, a Bears fan. But that's not the way it is. And I wonder, you know, we're talking five, six, seven years ago, how different it is today. Is it different? But look at nationally, almost everybody in the country is getting Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Well, it's a, it's a, I mean, they're two unbeaten teams. This is a massive game in the AFC. Do you like, are, are either of those two teams, or is one more so a threat to the Chiefs? Mm. Defense is really good for Pittsburgh. Yeah. The Clay way Poole that Henry has come on and the ball—that's just it, Trent. Now oh. Ty- Taylor Dewan, the uh, outstanding left tackle, is out for the year, mm-hmm. and that's a blow. Look at—you. Oh, I think we're almost at a point where the Ryan Tannehill haters out there mm-hmm. have to kind of swallow hard and maybe admit that maybe this guy's not as bad. As everybody thought that he was going to be, like you go back to his college days at A and M, he's a quarterback. Yeah, he's a receiver. He's a quarterback again. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously a great, great athlete to be able to play those two positions. Mm-hmm. Gets drafted by Miami. Miami's awful. He looks like he was going to flame out of the league. Gets to Tennessee. Takes Mariota's job, who was the second overall pick. Uh, he beats him out, and, and Tannehill. It's better than I thought. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, what what he has morphed into, 
You can get him at a long price still to win MVP. Derrick Henry is the MVP, but we know how quarterbacks win that mm-hmm. award. It might be worth a flyer if you're looking to dive a little bit deeper there. Derrick Henry is such a fun well, you player can't to watch. Break, you can't get him down. No, and... and who what was did he it last throw week? the other? Josh Norman. Yeah. It, what Picked was it? him up and moved him. 21 miles an hour he was running on the long run last week. And a he kid said, well, that size? I need to get to 22. Is that what he said? <laughs> he's just, <laughs> just a monster of well, a man. He's a big, big guy. The Steelers have tons of weapons at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Now that Deontay Johnson, the second year wide receiver, mm-hmm. he's been banged up this year. When he's been healthy, he's been really good. You mentioned the emergence of Claypool. Of course, what they have with Juju. Mm-hmm. And when he's right... So and many Juju Schuster's almost taking a secondary role this year. Yeah. Now the injury that they had last week defensively. I, Devin Bush, he's really good. Yeah, he is. But Bud Dupree, he's really good too. He's really good. <laughs> yep. They got dudes over there. They do. That are they the most complete team in the NFL? Because Kansas City still has warts. Uh, yeah, Seattle still has warts. Yes, they do. Um, They're bad defensively. Mm-hmm. Baltimore might got, might have gotten better today. They just uh, the Vikings and the uh, and the Ravens have just pulled off the trade. Uh, Ngakwe comes over from Jacksonville for a two and a five. Plays six games with the Vikings for whatever the re- for whatever the reasons. Maybe the Vikings are going into a fire sale. They traded Ngakwe to the Ravens. Remember, they gave up a two and a five. Mm-hmm. They get back a three and a five. So you drop okay. down. You still, you're, 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 uh, obviously, the fifth round picks are a wash. You go from a second to a third. So you get most of it back for six games. Or did he even play the first game? Right. I, I don't recall if he was able to play the first game or not. But regardless, six games of the season, that's all they've gotten. So what does this say about the Vikings? Are they waving a the towel? If you're Zimmer, that's got to be tough. They go. They just get, they just re upped his contract though. How how tightly connected are him fault. and Spielman? Well, I think I think more so. I think the arrows are starting to be pointed at Spielman, and then if he's gone, he's not the guy that hired Zimmer, right. so he can't be sleeping real well at night. Um, like I don't think Zimmer's the problem. I really don't. Kirk Cousins is the problem. Kirk Cousins is not a quarterback that is worth the groundbreaking, quite honestly, guaranteed contract because that was a. Uh, a novelty when they paid him and guaranteed him all of that money. Um, Kirk Cousins threw for 343 yards and three touchdowns. I know. He, he does. Of the last decade, is the quarterback that has put up more fake stats mm-hmm. than anybody you can think of. Think of those Washington teams and how many times they'd be down and look at the final stat line. Well, they lost by 10, but Cousins, Kirk Cousins, yeah. If you didn't watch the game, well, Cousins must have been good. If you didn't watch the Vikings game, you look at the numbers and you say, Cousins must have been good. Uh-huh. I can tell you listening to the TV upstairs with the wife, her cousins <laughs> were not playing well, yeah. <laughs> from what I heard from up there. that's He just is continually that way. The problem is, well, you tank for Trevor. Yeah, but there's too many other teams in there front are. of him. I mean, yeah. the Jets aren't going to win a football game. And the Vikings still have enough that they're not going to go 1-15. The Vikings will will mess around and go 4-12, and 5-11. and 11. Yep. Pick ninth or tenth, mm-hmm. maybe take Lance from North Dakota State because he'd be there. Fields will be off the board. I don't think Trask is worthy of a pick in the in the top ten, but Lance will be right around that spot. I, he's in North Dakota, I mean, just down the road and far. He's from Minnesota, right? So and that, you know how Minnesotans love Minnesotans. Yeah, They're worse than we are here. Are they? They, they take it to another level. Um, so I, I could I could see that happening as they groom him, and then when it gets a little bit more palatable. They just pay the guaranteed money and move on. Yeah. 
Um, or maybe they just keep him. Maybe, well, I don't know. You get what you can at this point. You, you take a late-round pick from Well, Lance is only going to have one game this year. So. Well, he's done for the year. He's now finished his career. It's When you look at next season for him, he's not a guy that you just put in there right away. No, he, I don't think so either. He's not Burrow. No. He's not even Herbert, though. Of course, we had a punctured lung for that to happen. One crazy injury, right? Even Tua coming off an injury. Trey Lance transitioning from the FCS level. Mm-hmm. Yes, Wentz did it. It's tough. It's tough to do, and you couple that with playing one game, and he's still just a guy that, what has he played in his career? 16 games? That hasn't been a lot. Now he was, He's he, probably going to need more time. You would think on the surface. No, he's not going to go, go there and get handed the, the offense and the keys right away. So you no got way. Cousins for one more year, yeah. 2021, then he's free, and, and you go with Lance after yeah. that. And if, if it's another bad season and you're sitting there at 2-6, and six, all right, now let's give the kid a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets prop that came out yesterday, will they lose the rest of their games? Yeah. A couple th- weeks ago, that was 16-1. to one. Is that will what they it go was? Will 16 yeah. So there's more love for them now? No, no, no. To, uh, on the... Yes, they'll go oh, on 16. Gotcha. Well, I think they will go on 16. Come on. I just, I trend. Who, I know, I know. We I had this the, conversation two weeks it. ago with I the know, Chiefs. I know, I know, I know. Oh, in 16. This bill is historic. Joe Flacco's the quarterback. Yeah. Joe Flacco can throw the ball. Yeah, I watched him as a Bronco. He cannot throw the ball. Joe Flacco is finished. Now, I know Darnold will come back at some point. I mean, there's a couple of spots. Yeah, they might win a football game, right. but they're going to pick first. And then the decision, there's there's two teams out there, I think. Well, there's one in college that is going to, there's going to be a big name college wide. Old Mrs. quarterback, John Reese Plumley. Mm-hmm. he's a good player. He's been beat out. Somebody's going to get a good transfer next year at the quarterback position. Sam Darnold, if they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, there's a guy that was drafted really high not too many years ago, what, mm-hmm. three years ago, that's going to be looking for a new gig. Quarterback shuffle. But and, and and look at I get asked by my kid and well, is are you sure about Trevor Lawrence? Is he really that good? Well, yes. Yeah. He's get, he's getting more hype than Andrew Luck got when he came out of Stanford, and I think is more deserving. Yes. Than Andrew Luck was when he came out of Stanford, and he was looked at as a can't miss. Mm-hmm. That this is an automatic. And I just read a, a scouting report the other day that said he is head and heels, just so much higher. The luck was coming out. Mm-hmm. That's how good this guy is. He's not... generational talent, Trent. Yes, yeah. As good of a quarterback prospect we've had since. I don't know. I mean, Andrew Luck's the name. Yeah. But uh, I, th- I think he's even better. Look, go back to his freshman year, man. Mm-hmm. He's playing for a national champion. He's quarterbacking for a national champion. Uh, so good, so good. Anyways, uh, so we'll move on from that. The baseball is tied up at one of police. We're going to get into the Big 12 conversation. Max Olson from The Athletic will go around the, uh, the Big 12. What's the second best game in the Big 12? Didn't you find one that moves the needle a little bit Big 12-wise this week? Yeah. There, there's... Is there a couple? Is a couple. I like. I want to see Texas again, and they play who? Baylor. They'll also be wearing all whites at home for the first time since the 1950s. Can you help me out? And maybe I should have. Um, yeah. Looked this up. What, what's what's the, the the song that they sing there? Mm-hmm. The Eyes of Texas. Yes. Is it one of those songs that was okay in yeah. the 50s and 60s? That exactly. And now some of the verbiage is. You know, this is 2020. It's time to mm-hmm. change with the time. And there's. Uh, I guess a big. I mean, this is this is a big fight. It is. The yes. band said they won't play it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the president of the university who cashes those big checks with the boosters who are normally older, they want their song played um, in in the stadium as it has been forever. So that's what it's about. It is. I, I don't want you to say the phrase. I, I'll look at, I'll look at it mm-hmm. for myself. I, I, I meant to do that. Um, but otherwise in the Big 12. So, uh, so but Texas, the best, Baylor, what else? And the other good game, of course, outside of the headliner, which is Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Yeah. Oklahoma TCU. goes to TCU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are we going to see out of the Sooners? Mm. What are we going to see now? Max Duggan about as close to 100% as yep. he could be. Everybody was off last week. All right. Um, Oklahoma's got to be favored. They are. Uh, how much are they favored? Can't Touchdown. Be yeah, that's about right. Want to see West Virginia? I I brought up West Virginia to you a few times, and you've been pretty dismissive of the Mountaineers. Daggy's okay. I've uh, Who did I watch them play a couple? Uh, Baylor. Baylor. Okay. Uh, first weekend in October. Trend, it was two mediocre Big 12 teams. This is why, and again, you, you, you see them one week, you form your opinion, and yeah. you caught them on a bad week. I get that. But this is why I'm willing to, and I don't think I'm alone, and Cyclone fans don't want to hear it, because they're kind of, look. they got their hand covering their eyes, but they got a space between their <laughs> eyes so they can peer through. They understand how good their team is and the spot that their team will be in if they beat Oklahoma State. Trent, if you've got a TCU Oklahoma and an Oklahoma State scalp, and you've got the head-to-head tiebreaker, which is tiebreaker number one, you're in a great spot. Yeah. And even if you lose two, and you've been on this hills for seven and two, maybe six and three. I think six and three gets you in. And six if, and If you three, have the right tiebreakers. Right. And... Iowa State's going to have the right time. Certainly would. If they'd have this one in their back pocket. Mm-hmm. And still, even with that, finding three losses. It's hard, Trent. I don't think West Virginia's beating them. I don't think Baylor's beating them. I know Kansas isn't beating them. Kansas State, State is. Texas. Kate, I don't know how Kleiman's doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, Smoke and mirrors. It is. And, you know, we won't get an indicator this week because they play Kansas. So we'll see. Anyways, we'll get to Max Olson after this. Do you have the keywords? I don't. I do. Uh, let's see what we got here. Well, let me do the disc. Do All you right. Have, do you have that part, too? I do. Take Time off. for another $1,000 handoff. Let's win some money here. Had another winner in the building. On the bus. On the bus. And here's a, a little heads up. If you're waiting for a phone call, you see a call come in from the 513, that area code, that's where these phone calls come. So don't. Just hit automatically block. Don't do well, that. Did you hear about the winner, the guy that went on the bus? Uh-uh. Uh, it was yesterday drive time. Mm-hmm. He's driving through Des Moines. Oh, wow. He's a Michigan resident driving through Des Moines, found the bus, I guess, on his scan. Yeah. <laughs> Text the Boom. keyword to 200-200 and put $1,000 in his pocket. That's awesome. Well, if you get a phone call, you do this texting. You get the phone call from the 513. Pick up. You're calling to hook you up with $1,000. Text the keyword FAMILY to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. That's FAMILY to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, uh, Max Olson next from The Athletic on the Big 12. Lee Sterling, the red-hot Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. He swept the board with us last week, had another winning week, a major winning week for his clients. He's got five games that we'll opine about. Let's be on time with him. Okay. Because we usually shortchange yes. him. Uh, Miller and Condon with you until noon. Hawks and Clones in our number two, Mark Morehouse, the retiring Mark Morehouse on Iowa, the voice of Iowa State, John Walters, as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and Owen.
right, welcome back. Millery Condon, 1030 on a Thursday morning. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports coming up in about 20 minutes. Right now, Max Olson from The Athletic covers the Big 12 college football conversation with Max Olson. Max, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thanks for giving us a few minutes uh, here in Des Moines. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. No, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, pretty big game in Stillwater this week. A lot of uh, focus and a lot of attention, and understandably so, from our friends in Story County, just to the north of us in Des Moines, and Cyclone fans all around uh, the state. Oklahoma State's unbeaten. Uh, it sounds as though Sanders is going to be back under center, although Gundy's playing it pretty close to the vest. Uh, we've got two good running backs in this game. Uh, two unbeaten, at least in conference teams in this game, with an opportunity to really establish themselves uh, as far as tiebreakers and put them in a pretty good spot to get to a championship game. I know it's early, but that's how it feels, at least to me, Max Olson. Yeah, certainly looks like the, you know, while there's always kind of this spotlight on, you know, Oklahoma, Texas every year, this, this week, this feels like uh, a game between the two best teams of the Big 12, in my opinion, right now. And uh, the winner of this one, I think, certainly kind of takes on that front-runner status. And as you mentioned, yeah, the, the, the tiebreaker stuff's going to be really important. So having head-to-head victories um, like Iowa State already does, you know, against against good teams, I think that's, that's a pretty important piece of this in terms of getting to the Big 12 title game. So uh, I think it's going to be an awesome game. You look at the last, you know, three, four years of, of Oklahoma State, Iowa State games, and they've been, um, you know, really competitive uh, down to the wire. Uh, certainly two years ago, last time the clones went to Stillwater, we got the, uh, you know, surprise Brock Purdy debut, mm-hmm. and uh, he was just phenomenal in that game. And so, um, you know, he's not going to be intimidated, I don't think, by uh, by this atmosphere. And, and, yeah, certainly the Spencer Sanders situation is uh, going to be fascinating to watch because, you know, he got injured on the opening drive of Oklahoma State season against Tulsa. So we just haven't seen him since. Um, I think he changes the ceiling when he's when he's right. Uh, he changes the ceiling for this Oklahoma State team because his ability to you know run the ball can really uh, stress a defense. And so you hope that he's, in coming back from the ankle injury, you hope he's kind of back to 100% and able to provide that dynamic. You know, he has been... The, the big knock on Spencer Sanders last year as a redshirt freshman is uh, he was turnover prone, especially in the games that they lost. And so it is kind of an interesting dynamic there where they feel pretty good about they haven't Shane Illingworth. Um, and, but I think, I think they would still roll with Sanders. And, and even if he turns it over, still stick with him. Cause I think he gives them the best chance to you know be a big 12 title team, but getting him back, you know, you, if you're Oklahoma state, I bet you wish you had that tune up against Baylor a week ago. Yeah. To feel like we're you know feel good about where you're at, but instead now they go into this one. Oklahoma State's defense has been awesome, but they haven't played a quarterback the level of Brock Purdy yet. You mentioned the defense, and that's been a huge change from what we've been used to with Oklahoma State. They returned a ton of guys. They got better as the year went on last season, including the game against Iowa State. They're first in the country in yards per play given up. They're sixth in total defense. How much of that is a product of just the dudes they have on that side of the football, and how much is a product of playing Tulsa, West Virginia, and Kansas? Yeah, I know it's easy to kind of discount the the stats a little bit with them in, in holding teams to nine points a game, but you know this is this is not surprising that they're playing at a really high level. They had ten starters back on mm-hmm. defense. Um, they've got some real. Uh, leaders and playmakers at all three levels of the of that defense, and, and guys that are um, so far playing at a really high level. Their DC Jim Knowles has has now had a couple of years to 
kind of recruit and develop to, to what he wants to be defensively. And so, you know, this was kind of seen as one of the strengths for Oklahoma State, one of the reasons why, you know, they could be, um, you know, better than just a top 25 team, be, you know, be a team that can be a contender. And so, um, you know, that unit I think is, is pretty sturdy. And I think the, the one question again is, of course, just the, the, the long time off. And, and, you know, certainly I'm, I'm sure they will go in with a plan to, you know, try to, you know, try to attack Brees Hall, try to, you know, have good gap integrity and not let him break those big runs. But um, we've certainly seen he's one of the best in the country at breaking tackles. And, you know, when you when you balance it out with the play-action game with the tight ends and, and you know, are able to take some take some shots at Hutchinson and, and, and the wideouts they have, um, I think it's going to be a really interesting challenge for that defense and one that, you know, they've got Brock Purdy and then they, next week they've got Sam Ellinger in Texas. So, you know, Mike Gundy said mm-hmm. this week, we'll, we'll find out real quick here um, if this defense is as good as we think it is. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, we spoke to somebody that uh, that mentioned that Chuba Hubbard doesn't seem fully invested in this team this year. I mean, we go back to the summer and uh, the the, the uh, situation with Gundy, et cetera. He was, it was a surprise, I thought, that he even came back for this year, uh, but he did. Um, I know they like L.D. Brown, and I understand that as well. Is Hubbard not disappointing is unfair, but maybe were there, or were the expectations too high what he was going to do this year? Because he was the all-conference running back. He was going to be the, you know, the guy that led the conference, and he still may. Uh, but when you look at Hubbard, uh, what are your thoughts on his 2020 season? Yeah, this is, you know, this is usually why when a guy goes out and rushes for 2,000 yards in the season, that's usually why you should go pro. Uh-huh. You know, you kind of want to strike when the iron's hot and you want to go, you know, get drafted. And even if the projection for him was maybe like second round or third round, it's still, this is why usually when guys have those ultra productive seasons, it's, it's a good idea to, to move on and, and capitalize because it's really hard to repeat. You know, I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen that with, you know, the Christian McCaffrey's and Bryce Loves of the world who come back and yeah, they're still really, really good that next year, but um, you know, it's it's hard to match the stats. And I think in this case, you know, obviously the season being a little bit stifled with only three games so far, I think the emergence of L.D. Brown is a big deal for this offense. And, and he's a guy that um, has has been running really hard and has become uh, a home run hitter too, just like just like Juba. And so I think that um, in some ways that's a good development because you remember last year, Juba obviously running for 2,000 yards Part of that is because Chuba, there were a lot of games when he had to run for 30 or 35 carries in a game. And so I think being able to give him a, a healthier workload is a good thing for his his durability and, and him staying fresh and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, you know, he, he got back to it a little bit against Kansas, as everybody will. But uh, it, it's a big game for him. It's a, it's a big opportunity for him to uh, certainly kind of change that narrative that and, and, and say, you know, Chuba's back to, to playing like Chuba. And so um, that – against a really good run defense. Yes. I, mean, I think that matchup is, uh, is is going to be fascinating to watch. TCU, Oklahoma this week, another big one. This one in Fort Worth, Oklahoma, coming off the win against Texas. TCU, uneven, of course, didn't get their first game of the year. It's going to be all-conference for them this season. Alex Grinch's defense forced some turnovers against Texas, and the final score because of the four overtimes I don't think indicates just how good they played for at least the first three quarters of that game against Texas. Your thoughts on OU going forward and how quickly they can get back into the mix to get one of the spots for the title game? Yeah, you know, usually in, in I feel like we've, we've seen over the last few years that, you know, that Red River game can be a little bit of a springboard for the winner in terms of, 
uh, putting together a win streak and, and kind of asserting themselves as you know one of the best teams in the conference. And so I'm really interested to see Oklahoma got a week off after that game, which I think was was important because um, you know that was a really beaten up, exhausted team after the Texas game that you know went for five hours or whatever. And so uh, I'm curious to see can they kind of seize on that momentum a little bit and uh, you know start playing like the Oklahoma team that we kind of expected. You know they've they've just played so many close games. And they're just like everybody else in the Big 12. And, um, you know, I think the, the, the big key there that has to change uh, is they've just just not been a good fourth-quarter team, period. I mean, they've just uh, let K-State come back on them. They let Iowa State come back on them. And they let Texas come all the way back on them. And so, um, you know, I think that, you know, that we've got to see a, a difference there from Lincoln Riley's team that if you, if you do, you know, step on the gas in the first half and build a lead, you know, this defense has to figure out and learn how to hold on to it. That's just been a big problem for them, and it's going to put them in a lot more close games like potentially this week against TCU. So I, I think that consistency week to week from Oklahoma, we certainly haven't seen it yet, and this would be one of those games where uh, against a TCU team that I think is is uh, competitive but not great, um, this would be the week for them to kind of assert themselves. Uh, Max Olson from the Athletic is our guest. Uh, Max, I'm sure you don't get a lot of Kansas questions when you're when you're talking Big Twelve football when you're doing these spots <laughs> hits around the country. But my question is on Les Miles. I mean, a couple of weeks he's going to be 67 years old. He's got a national championship. It, it seems like such a tough hill to rebuild this Kansas team. I know Mangino did it, and they had all that success in that last decade. But, boy, as, as quickly as they got there, it seemingly fell off a cliff just as quickly again. How long is Miles for this for this gig? I mean, at 67 years old, and how long does he want to keep beating his head against the wall trying to get this Jayhawk back to relevancy? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's something we could have seen coming from day one when he got hired. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, that hire never really made a ton of sense to me. You would think that Kansas, in order to get back to you know respectability in terms of within this conference and stuff, and playing, you know, starting to figure out how to play winning football, that you know that I wrote at the time that they kind of needed to find their Matt Campbell. They needed to find their guy that was a you know a proven G five builder who can actually kind of create a culture and, and be good at evaluating talent. And so um, it, because it's just such a tough job. It's, it's such an uphill climb. Um, the, nobody in the big 12 is like getting worse. You know, it, it, the, the quality of coaching in this conference right now is, is at a really high level. And so, um, you know, I, I think that it is going to take many more years for Kansas to get where they want to get to. And, and so, you know, what kind of shape will Les Miles be, be in at that point? Will he enjoy the job at that point a few years from now after all these you know years of losing and, and building? I, I mean, I think it's just it's really hard. And, and one thing that's not making it any easier is that when they took the job, they said we're not going to recruit any junior college or transfer players, which Ugh. I think is a mistake. Yep. I think you need to. I, I I understand the stigma with that of only having two year players, but if you just want to build that program up with freshmen. Um, it's going to take you two, three, four years to start seeing um, results. And so how much losing can you, can you stand to endure uh, in that time? Um, I, you know, I think you've got to, especially with the way the portal is today, I think you have to be a little more open-minded and understand you can get Big 12 caliber players a lot of different ways and not just through high school recruiting. So it's a really hard job, and, and it doesn't really seem like as much as they're, I'm sure they're doing a solid job in evaluating talent, it doesn't really seem like you're you're really seeing uh, that progress, and then you take Puka Williams out of the equation. And, this, and I, I can't imagine 
uh, this I, it's looking like a winless, uh, you know, a, a, an zero and ten uh, year for me with 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 this Kansas team. Max, final thing for you, and uh, I know you wrote an article at The Athletic talking about the Eyes of Texas saga, the alma mater that is played after the games, racial overtones, uh, the first time it was performed, the people performing it were wearing blackface. There's a lot of elements to this one. It wasn't a big deal the first three games, but after the Red River shootout, it was Ellinger, the only uh, person player out on the field as it was being played. Fill us in on this saga and just how deep it goes. It's just crazy. You think of Texas, you think very red state, but then you have Austin, one of the most liberal places Mm -hmm. in the country, and just a dichotomy and and a collusion together of some wild, wild elements. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you guys don't have 30 minutes for me to kind of explain (laughs) all the nuances of this one. I'll I'll just say this. I I think, um, you know, bottom line, I think that, that Texas administration... Um, and has put put their players in a really tough they spot. Really I have. think that the backlash um, from from donors and and, and fans and stuff uh, who who really cherish the eyes of Texas and feel like it's wrong to to question that tradition um, has has led to you know at a time when certainly Texas needs as, as much as they can get in terms of donations. They've got a, a stadium renovation in progress and all that. I think you're seeing kind of the AD and president kind of bend to the will a little bit of of the the, the outraged fans and i think what what that leads to is and tom herman's kind of trying to play middleman and trying to handle this the best way um, but it's tough because you can't really tell players you must stand out there after the game um for the eyes of texas and, and throw the horns up and all that i mean they it's ultimately up to them what they want to do but this has been a really tense thing um and and it's a sensitive topic for sure and I think over the last week, there's been a lot of conversations about what are Texas players going to do. The AD has urged them to stay out there after the, you know, when the games are over for that. I think we'll probably see that this weekend because I think these players just want to move past this and don't want this to continue to be kind of the, the dark cloud over what they're trying to deal with right now, which is a two and two season. And so, but it's, it's a, it's an unfair thing for these players who, you know, have tried to get the, you know, group of them wanted this, this song to no longer be the alma mater at Texas. The school's not budging on that, and so you know I think they have every right if they if they're not comfortable with it to, to walk off to the locker room and and not not have to deal with this stuff. But that's kind of the political pressure they're under right now, and it's certainly become uh, you know a real distraction and just a real unfortunate thing that this uh, football team is having to uh, deal with right now. Max Olson from The Athletic. Trent and I are both uh, subscribers. It's a great, great investment for sports fans out there. We highly recommend it, theathletic.com. I know there's specials going on all the time. It is really inexpensive. Max, thank you for what you do. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you down the road, Max Olson. Hey, thank you, guys. Good to talk to you. Max Olson from The Athletic. Good stuff out of uh, Max mm-hmm. Olson. Uh, and a bigger story, that eyes of Texas. Yeah. Um, I read about it during the, the song is sung to the... Um, not the lyrics, but the I've been working on the railroad. Mm-hmm. I, I just I never paid attention to it before. Yeah. Anyways, we will come back. I'm going to pay attention to Lee Sterling. He's red hot, ten and two last week overall to his customers. He was four and zero with us. He's got a five pack of games to opine on. He will next Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty kicks and oh one Ten minutes for eleven. Uh, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO, one hundred six point three FM. The Ravens acquire Ngakwe from the Vikings about an hour ago. They have just signed Des Bryant.
who is going to become a member of the practice squad and will soon be a Baltimore Raven. Oh, boy. Loading Things up. are getting interested in the AFC North with those Ravens. Lee Sterling, speaking of interesting, you'll be interested to hear Lee. He's on a roll. 10-2 and two for his customers. He swept the board last week with us going 4-0. He's got five games. He's having a terrific year so far. Lee, I don't know how you're doing it. Trent, well, I shouldn't speak for Trent. Trent's above water. I'm so far below water, I'll never get it out. Uh, but you're on a roll, and that's what matters, Lee Sterling. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a little bit tougher, a lot more work, and um, I think though we're, we're, we've been able to navigate it uh, like no one else. Six or seven winning weeks. So even in the weeks where we've gone like seven and four, seven and five, we've hit on our big game on Saturday and Sunday. So it's like going eight and five or nine and five, and that's what it's all about—just going to the pay window each week. Got Big Ten football back. It feels close to complete. Of course, Pac-12 around the corner, along with Maxion. We'll have college football as a whole, but we're in the intersection here, both the Big Ten and Big 12. Let's get into the Big 12 first. Start with Texas-Baylor, game we talked about a little bit earlier in the program today with Max Olson from The Athletic and talking about everything off the field. Let's go on the field here as the Longhorns favored by nine against the Baylor Bears. So, in this game you got to factor in what's going on with Baylor as far as they started practicing on Sunday. They would have had trouble fielding a team last week. Last time out, Baylor offense only put up 256 yards versus West Virginia. And, um, you know, it's, it's with Baylor right now, I, everyone with so many guys returning from their offense, it looked like the offense would be the strength, but it's been the defense. Their offense, it's not three yards in a cloud of dust. It's 30 inches in a cloud of dust. I think something's wrong also maybe with Charlie Brewer's arm. Uh, one of the announcers alluded to it, and if you notice, doesn't have the same zip on the ball that he normally has. And uh, I just think that Sam Erlinger is going to be looking for to avenge last year's 24-10 loss. I like Texas here, 35-20. All right, uh, Trent mentioned the Big Ten back. Indeed it is. Uh, the primetime game on ABC on Saturday night is Michigan uh, at Minnesota. Michigan's a two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, in this Big Ten primetime affair. How do you see this one, Lee? Yeah, and I think it's going to tick up if you like uh, Minnesota like I do right now. Uh, we're going to wait and see as far as there's a rumor going out a couple cases uh, on the Minnesota team in the offensive line. So I think the line's going to tip up, tick up to three and a half, four possibly. Uh, I think Michigan's going to have to run to be successful. You know, Shea Patterson graduated. They lost their wide receiver, Nico Collins. He opted out recently and uh, lost four or five starting offensive linemen. So I watched a film on their new starting quarterback, Joe Milton, going back to high school in every play played in college. A really good runner and a nice arm, but I think he has trouble reading coverages here. So uh, maybe turnovers, first road game for him, first start. I just think that Tanner Morgan, a cut above, uh, throwing the football, 30 touchdowns, only seven interceptions last year. Uh, Rashad Bateman, he opted back in. He had 11 touchdown catches last year. And if it comes down to coaching, I mean, P.J. Fleck, 2-0 and straight up and against the spread in bowl games with extra time to prepare. And, and look at Jim Harbaugh uh, with – 0-4 straight up and against the spread in bowl games, 2-3 and against the spread and, and openers here. I just think that P.J. Fleck, Mr. Row the Boat, is more creative on offense, and I think Jim Harbaugh has become an offensive dinosaur 
Long team's favorite, guys. I like Minnesota 27-24. Going with the Gophers and uh, maybe a little extra on the money line there. Staying in the Big Ten, Nebraska. They wanted football back. They get football back with the Ohio State Buckeyes as uh, they'll make their way to Columbus. A huge number here. 26 and a half. What do you got for us, Lee? Yeah, I know both teams wanted football back, so they both uh, square up yep. against each other first week. Uh, not so good for Nebraska. I mean, they got me in handle last year in that 48-7 to loss. Their offensive line was just t- taken apart. I mean, Ohio State could have won that game 60-6. to uh, They've only had one close game in the last five in the series. That was 2018. Uh, special teams, Ohio State special teams are special. They have the better punter kicker, returners, and coverage units. That could set up some easy touchdowns here in the indecision. And really, I know they're going with Adrian Martinez, but it looks like McCaffrey was right there. I think that indecision and maybe playing two quarterbacks in the game can hurt them. And some people are saying, well, they lost J.K. Dobbins at Ohio State. Watch Trey Sermon. He is really mm-hmm. good, the transfer running back from Oklahoma. Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. I like Ohio State, 48-16. I knew you'd say that. That line and uh, the wrong team is favored, and we got them both today, Adi Lee Sterling. Uh, let's go to the two needle movers here. We'll start in the Big Ten, or we'll stay in the Big Ten. I was on the road. West Lafayette, Hawks are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Purdue's head coach, Jeff Brown, will not be on the sidelines. How do you see Iowa and Purdue? Well, maybe he can borrow the private plane like Nick Saban did. They they used their private jet to to ferry in those test results. Is that right? <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, used a private plane to to fly in the results to get them done instantly. So uh, as soon as they arrive, but uh, I just think, is it Spencer uh, Petrus? Is Petrus. that how you pronounce his last name? Petrus. Petrus. Okay. Yep. Um, so I think it's a great situation for him to to be breaking in, and it's a, a starting quarterback with your top two running backs coming back from last year, all your wide receivers, uh, pretty good offensive line here. Uh, also special teams. I think Iowa has the edge on special teams. I know Rondell Moore can return punts and kickoffs, but I uh, think the better kickers, uh, better coverage units, and Iowa actually plays better on the road. 16-4-1 as a road favorite here. The visitor, a perfect 10-0 against the spread in the series. I'm going with the Hawkeyes, 30-24. 30-24, Hawks get the win and the cover. We finish up with yeah. Iowa State making their way down to Stillwater. Number 6 against number 17 nationally. Oklahoma mm-hmm. State favored by just more than a field goal, 3.5 right now. Okay, so everyone's talking about Oklahoma State's defense. Mm-hmm. and statistically ranked sixth in the country, but that defense is designed to play three and four wide receiver spread offenses for the Big 12. The Iowa State offense uses 12 and 13 personnel sets more than maybe anyone in the country. What that is, it's one back, one running back and, and two tight ends, or one running back and three tight ends. And and those two or three tight ends, all three of them are 6'6", six, 6'6", six, 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 and 6'7". Six, Safety's covering them for Oklahoma State, six feet or less. Big advantage here for Iowa State. I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Oklahoma State. And and who do you want as as your head coach in a big game where maybe a decision is made fourth and one or a big play call? I'm going with Matt Campbell uh, over Oklahoma State's Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy never seems to win that big game. So uh, Iowa State also ten and five against the spread as a road dog. Twenty five and thirteen run in the Big Twelve. Wrong team's favorite again, guys. The Hawkeyes. 
upset Oklahoma State, the Cowboys, 30-27. to 27. Mm, Well, Lee yep. Sterling's on a terrific run. He was 10-2 and two for his customers last week. He's been, he was perfect with Trent and I last week. He just heard his five games. His game of the week is a Big Ten affair in uh, Bloomington. Indiana hosting Penn State. Penn State without Brown, their gifted running back. Right. Uh, he will not play Penn State. Just under a touchdown, six and a half. If you want more information, Lee, how do the listeners get a hold of you? Just call 800-400-9741. First 10 callers will give them this Penn State-Indiana game. Is it going to be a blowout or is this a trap line? So um, I think I've got uh, the intel on this game, 800-400-9741. And what a big week we've got going here, guys. Bunch of different options, three ways to get involved. You can get six weeks. It's not November. Paramount Sports, we call it November from now through Monday, November 30th, six weeks, just 347 with coupon code SAVE200. That works out to $57 a week. Uh, you can get nine games, just 